everybody i'm ronnie hey and i'm jenny and it is good to be back it is good to be back we're together we are that's the really exciting thing is that we're gonna we're together physically (laughs) so we're elbow to elbow yes literally trying to make sure that we get our voices in that mic just the right way (laughs) so we we're gonna like jim told us yes my husband our all things tech all things tech that's jim god bless him yes god bless him so uh yeah so we're gonna do a couple of podcasts while we're together take advantage of that yeah absolutely but we uh we we feel like we still have something to say oh, we always have something to say <laughs> that's true whether it's relevant or people yeah. want to necessarily hear it is another story. relevant relevant yes Rel- what did i say relevant oh did i uh, is i'm not sure if that's a word <laughs> did i say that <laughs> yeah that's okay that's all right we all do that sometimes I need more coffee. and we don't yeah maybe, or maybe less or less possibly <laughs> Or more sleep. <laughs> That's also possible. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So we we thought we would talk a bit about what it's been like for us. If you've been following us all along, we left you last summer, summer of 2022, where we had just begun to do some serious publicity efforts around our, our book, mm-hmm. Healing Begins With Us, Breaking the Cycle of Trauma and Abuse and Rebuilding the Sibling Bond. So if you've been following our podcast, you know what we're about. If you're just finding us... We are two sisters who grew up in a home with addiction, abuse, mental illness, and lived with all the dynamics associated with that, the denial, the isolation, the pain, and came together mm-hmm. in our late 20s my, into my early 30s as mm-hmm. we were marrying, having our first child, trying to figure out how to be good moms, which meant we had to look back at what we had experienced. And start unpacking all of that. Yes. And in the process... and is in the, no small thing. No, no small thing. So, and in the process, we had, even before we got married and had, had started having children, we had been trying to figure out how to make our relationship better. Yeah. And we, the, we knew we wanted a better relationship, even in our late teens... You know, when you went off to college. Yes, that's true. We knew we wanted it to be better than it was. We just didn't have the tools, really. No, and we had a mother who was continuing to stir us up against each other. Constantly trying to pit us against each other, which... And she was quite successful She was good at it, yeah. She was very good at it. So so as we have moved through the arc of our healing journey over more than... It's now measured in decades as opposed to years. Um, <laughs> but who's counting? Right, right. <laughs> We're still young at heart. That's right. Um, we we discovered that this damage that's done to the sibling relationships in particular is not something that's talked about a lot. There's a lot of good stuff out there on recovery and individual ever healing. I don't reading anything yeah. in our recovery that talked about the sibling relationship and how what how crucial it is to your development. Yeah. And, and it can be the most powerful connection to accelerate your healing. Absolutely. Because who knows better what you experience than somebody who grew up in that same household exactly. with you? Exactly. You can tell your stories to all kinds of people. Your counselor. Your, your, your partner, your friends. But the person who was in the house will know better than anyone else and be able to validate you. Yeah. And, that, and, and both of us being willing to be vulnerable with each other was the key right to really start to take the masks off yeah. really 
yeah, step to start to step out of those pigeonhole roles that we were forced into from God toddlerhood on, probably right. it was scary, but it was just amazing to watch our relationship s- slowly start to advance into this really beautiful, loving, supportive friendship that we have now. Right, right. And so, so we are out here telling our story because we want to help people who are also trying to heal from childhood trauma feel a sense of connection yes. to others, feel like they're not alone. Absolutely. To feel like they can let go of the shame yeah. that they've been living with because the shame there's no shame on them, right? But we we <clears throat> our culture, the way we we deal with or don't deal with this topic more often leaves us all feeling like it's something wrong with us. It's too it's too shameful to talk about, therefore the shame is mine. Exactly. And and we, we spend our lives I think I, I call it hiding in plain sight, hiding, spending so much energy, hiding what we're really thinking, what we're really feeling, where, where we've come from, not wanting people to know, right. not wanting people to think of us as damaged goods. And especially in a situation like ours, where we, we literally exhausted every avenue to try to maintain contact with our parents and our brother yeah. and finally came to the realization we had to cut contact yes and and how isolating that is in in some of the most inane conversations people saying so what are you doing for christmas you're going to go see your parents you're going to go you know and then starting to ask very innocent people on their part mm-hmm. questions about right. your parents. How many siblings do you have? You know, right. you how often somebody. do you get together? Yes, what do you do? Yeah. You know, it's like, are your parents still mm-hmm. alive? Well, where do they live? Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, it just becomes this, this um, just painful experience of trying to figure out how can I answer these questions and still hide what I came from. How can I get out of this conversation? Right. And and it's very isolating. And mm-hmm. It's incredibly isolating. Yeah, and you feel very alone with this, with this mountain of secrets you're keeping. Yes, from the world. Yes, and and it's exhausting. Yeah, it's incredibly emotionally exhausting. Right, and the times that you do even venture to mention, you know, even the the tiniest bit of, oh well, my family of origin was had a lot of issues with addiction or abuse people shut you down so fast and it becomes a, an experience of of more shame right that really is not is not your shame right so it, it can be incredibly isolating yeah yeah living with this so all of that is from all of that we decided that for part of our healing for part of we just we felt called to share our story initially through these podcasts that we began three years ago, almost exactly, mm-hmm. and then through writing this book. And we had talked about the book for a long time before we yes. actually managed to write it. And of course, that took some time and a Years. number of drafts to mm. make it happen. But Four, to yeah, be precise. Right? And we could have continued. Yeah, we could have. I mean, there's we still like, some oh, things, there's I some things we could change. Shift a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Or add to, add to, really. Yeah. Some things I would add there. Um, but. Uh, we felt called to share our story. We felt like we needed to do this. And it's not because there's not enough out there on recovery already, but that particularly this piece about the sibling 
relationship was missing. Mm -hmm. So we wrote it, and it was published in March of 2022. But it wasn't until like the end of that summer that we really got uh, a full force effort to try to do more to publicize it. We actually hired a publicist. And this, this team brought us lots of opportunities to write short articles about topics that we know something about, like how to heal sibling relationships and how to come back to your body after trauma because we tend to dissociate from our body because it oh, was an unsafe dissociate? place to yes. be. Oh, yeah. Uh, we checking a out. a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah, checking out is a real thing. Yeah, what happens if there's not a happy ending? Like in our case, you're not going to be able to mend the relationships with everybody in your family. So a range of things like that. We were invited to be on a number of live radio shows, which was really fun, some from the U.K., one in British um, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, some out on the West Coast, some on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. We were also invited on a number of podcasts. And so we got to, you know, kind of hit, the, tell the arc of our story in a number of circumstances. Sometimes we had to do it in 15 minutes, which oh was really gosh. a challenge. Yeah, that. <laughs> but, um, but still feel like we, we were successful in getting the message out there. And um, probably one of the best experiences we had was very recently, just a week or two ago, we had an interview with who um, actually read the entire who, book yes, and <laughs> had dog-eared the pages dog-eared the pages quoted us made back to notes. ourselves yeah, yeah that was that was really it an was, amazing experience it was wonderful speaking and, with her mm -hmm. and so so we thought that for this first podcast back as Ronnie and Jenny we reflect on what we have what we've gained from that experience in telling our story yeah it's it's really been I think liberating. I'm just jumping right in there. Go right ahead. It has been liberating for me personally. Um, I didn't realize how much, in some ways, I was still hiding. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think I think certainly writing the book, and when we first released it, and the audiobook, it was that, and I, we've talked about that on past podcasts, but it was kind of this clutching feeling of... <sighs> What did I do? What did I do? <laughs> oh my God! It's Was out I, there. I, I'm really sure that I wanted to yeah. do this, right? But, um, but it's also it. I, I I gotta say that it it certainly brought deeper levels of healing for me, and I am now very comfortable in telling people, yeah, I wrote this book with my sister, and it's talking about. Healing, you know, anytime they bring up, anytime the, the subject is is just touched on, um, if there's an opportunity to share that, I do, mm -hmm. and and the feedback from from people that have read the book, you know, haven't haven't had a tremendous, you know, number, but the people that have read it have 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 said that it's they. They felt very touched by it. It was there are parts mm -hmm. that are hard to read, and I and I joking, you know, I said, yeah, try living it. Yeah, that's exactly what I say. Yeah, it wasn't much fun to live either. Believe me. And what we put in the book is the nicer parts. We didn't. I mean, we we really kept. Worst, we, right? we kept out a lot of the really, really more awful stories that we just you know don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, so, but the whole point of the book is not a telling of stories. There are a few stories to illustrate what it felt like. Right. And the whole point of the book is to talk about what it felt like growing up in that home and really how it conditioned us for life, mm -hmm. how it conditioned us to show up in this world and to really hide 
mm-hmm. and to and to live in a place of hypervigilance and fear. Yes. Which is what our healing journey has been trying to overcome. Yes. You know, to instead of living and making decisions out of fear and self-preservation, to make decisions from a place of of self-love and of what feels good to me, what what feels right to me, what will give me joy. And that's really what that book helped, I think, both of us um, come to a place of, I know for me, really starting to more deeply, fully embrace all of who I am and to just show up in the world as this is who I am. Yes. And I, I no longer feel that I'm hiding that part of myself. Mm-hmm. That's huge. It is. It's and- really huge. And how that's shifting the relationships around me. In That's my, another podcast we're going to talk about. Okay, that. Well, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> but it it it's really it, it is it, it's um it's been very freeing in a lot of ways because I no longer have to feel like I I don't feel like I have to pretend yeah and I and I really am getting to that place of how other people respond to that information is about them yeah. and not about me right. Well, it's it's funny you say that about how you've been feeling, because one of the things I wanted to share, and I haven't really said this to you, I was waiting to share it on the podcast, um, and that is that as we've had these interviews, you know, we have been apart for all of them. So they're done via Zoom or, you know, some other mechanism where we're calling in. So we're in our own homes. But the, the last one we did that was a Zoom interview in particular, where I could see you as well, I just thought, wow, Jenny is so different uh, that you, because you are, you are a, what's the right word here? You're more of a, a, of a quiet person. Like you don't insert yourself into conversations. You don't talk over people. You don't like, you're not a, a doormat or a shrinking violet or anything like that, but you, you just are not very forceful. Whereas no. I have more of a tendency. I can, I can be forceful. No, that's very true. And and so as I've been watching you do these interviews, and it was just really striking to me in the, the most recent one, the one we said went so well, that you are just, boom, I'm Jenny, I am here, and this is what I have to say. <laughs> and that, like, that is your, and not in a screw you, you know, sort of way, but, yeah. but like unapologetically loud and proud, right? This is who I am. And it's yeah. really, it's really cool to see that. It's very cool to see that. And you don't hear the words, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. We've that worked was, on that one. Yeah, we Jenny? have. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're conditioned to apologize for your existence, I mean, it's really, it's, it, hard it's, a, to, it's tough to, to overcome that. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sorry. Anymore. Right. No, no. <laughs> and and for me, you know, obviously, we're, hopefully I'll be healing and learning and growing until I die. Otherwise, oh, yes, I've, I've died before I fell down if I've stopped that process. But um, I, know, I know for me that it's been it's the same kind of thing, kind of unfolding more fully into who I am and being unapologetic about it. Yes. And for me, the last piece 
or maybe I should say the latest piece because who knows, there's probably another one there waiting for me. But the latest piece has been, um, you know, as an academic, if you publish something or you're doing something, you know, sort of noteworthy, the university wants to know about it so they can publicize it. Yeah. Like if you publish a journal article or you, mm-hmm. you know, go to a prestigious conference or whatever. And so I had this fleeting thought as the book came out, um, or sometimes shortly afterwards, that, wow, you know, potentially this is something that could be promoted by the college, but it's not really it's not really scholarly in the way that it nor like we don't have citations in there and right. like we're we're talking about real stuff that's backed up by research, but it's right. largely memoir and we're pulling this stuff in and so on. And so I thought, yeah, it's really not appropriate to to publicize it in that way. And then in the fall, I have a colleague uh, who had something published. It was more of a personal memoir article that, that was published online. And, and I saw it in our announcements, you know, and I read it and it was a good piece. And I thought, you know, if they can publicize that, which was not at all a piece of scholarship, was just her personal experience, yeah. not even linked to anything scholarly, not making some kind of larger societal point or whatever, yeah. um, then there's no reason our book can't be out there. Yeah. So that was October. And then, you know, some time went by. <laughs> I had this thought that it could be done. I didn't share it with you right away. No, you did not. And <laughs> You were um, holding back. I was holding, I was holding out on that one. <laughs> and I, uh, I, it was, the funny, funny thing about it was, it was not the part about people learning what happened to me as a child. I don't have, I don't feel shame about that. What I was, what was holding me back was, my academic colleagues who respect me as a scholar, you know, as a colleague, are going to know that I studied Reiki and I took animal communication classes (laughs) and I talked to my spirit guides. And I just, I thought, I don't think I can go there. I I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. And so then it got to be like December, right? So I'm chewing on this for two months now. And I thought, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to tell so Jenny. Funny. We really should do this. We're trying I was to publicize so the book. excited when you told we, we're me. We're trying to I was publicize like, oh my God, the yes, book. Yes, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> We've got to take advantage of this. And so it was like, you know, maybe 10 days before Christmas. Mm. And I said, so, you know, I, I think we should wait till after January 1st <laughs> because it's the holidays. And, you know, I don't want it to get lost. And that's totally legitimate. Yeah, yeah. But I was, was also argument. still holding on. <laughs> I was still holding on. And so then after, after, uh, and then I thought, I have a senior colleague who I team teach with and do all kinds of things with. And I thought, I'm going to mention it to her that I'm going to do this or I'm thinking of doing this and just see how she responds. She started the book, but she hasn't finished it. Um, I think it's hard, you know, like we said, for people who know us well to read some of these things. And, and then I thought, you know what? And I had planned to do it for a couple of weeks. I, we were going to have lunch together. We had made this date for lunch. And I was going to talk about it. And I actually forgot to bring it up. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget to talk about it. And I forgot to talk about it. <laughs> and afterwards, I thought, no, no, this is the universe telling me I don't need anyone's don't permission. Need anybody's permission. I don't need permission right. to tell my story, Absolutely. to put all of me out there in the world. So that was, that was a big deal for me. Yeah. So it, it came out. I mean, it was amazing because when I when I sent it to our pub- publicity guy, 
um, our marketing, our marketing professional. Um, he immediately responded. He's always very good whenever we publicize things we're doing. And he said, this is so great and so courageous of you. Congratulations yeah. to you and your sister. Um, and I told him, like, we had been interviewed You're and done some right. articles and it's all courageous. that. Yes. <laughs> and he said, can you give me links to those things? And so, Bless like, there's him. so many. So I picked, like, two short articles and then one shorter radio interview just to put out there. And he immediately, like, within 24 hours of my first contact with him, even with the back and forth, he had it out there. And I thought... Bless him. Bless him. Yes. And people immediately were positive. Yes. Congratulations. And, you know, how wonderful. And so I still, I still feel an eensy little bit of a clutch when I think about that. But I was like, you know, I'm. uh, You're being authentic. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm being who you are. Who I am. And how can that be a bad thing? Absolutely. How can that be a bad thing for us to be exactly who we are and all of who we are in this world? Totally agree. Particularly coming from a space of love. Yes. This is this is to help people. And not that everybody needs to read it, not that certainly, you know, it's gonna to speak to every single person, but we know that there are thousands, millions of people who experience what we do or love someone who's experienced this. Absolutely. And need to understand they're not alone, need to know more about it so they can be more supportive and helpful to people who are trying to heal and we didn't have this. No, we, we you know 30 years ago, we did not have, you didn't have podcasts, right? You didn't have, we had a library. Yes. <laughs> we, right. We, we didn't have really have the internet. We didn't there have, wasn't, there, right. there wasn't all of this. Right. And still it was hard to find material yeah. that really addressed all of what we've been through. Yes. Cause we, we read books that gave us little pieces of mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um. So, but, but didn't really. Didn't really go soup to nuts. Yeah. This is our story. This is how we realized it was a problem. This is how we tried to deal with it. This is what we've been doing and how we've been learning and growing for years and years and years, right? I mean, right. I hope that that's helpful for people to see, especially people who are in the beginning or in the middle. And it's hard in the beginning, oh, in the middle. Oh, my gosh. And you, you, you're I basically mean, in, deconstructing your whole identity. Yeah. You're, you're deconstructing the family stories, the, the personal stories that you've been telling yourself in your mm-hmm. head. Right. And that comes at a huge cost. Yes. It does. It, and, it, and it's worth it, absolutely, mm-hmm. as it's part of the healing process. But boy, is it isolating. And, and, and unsettling and, 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 yeah, and disturbing. And, and disturbing. Yeah, yeah. But at least when you're in that messy middle part, you're already seeing progress. You're already, yeah. You're already you're, seeing that your life is better. You're starting to feel better. And not that you you're, don't have struggles, but right. it's not the same struggles. Absolutely. And, and there is, I think there's a mountain of weight that comes off your shoulders when you're finally able to say, aha, this is the real problem. Mm-hmm. These issues are the real problem. I'm not. A, a total mess. Right. I'm not garbage. It's not that I. I it's not that I ruined everything. Or, it's yeah, not that right. I. You know that I ruined my parents' lives. I ruined. You know it. When you when you realize, especially coming from the scapegoat, you know, um, the scapegoat's role is just it. It sucks. There's just no way to right. say it right. nicely. Yeah. It's a horrible role. Yeah. To play in the family, and to realize that you are not that person. That's a that's a role. That you've been forced into. 
So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Does this mean you will now allow me to say that you had it worse than I did? Yeah. <laughs> All these years you've been going, eh, it was bad for you too. Will you, will you embrace that? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to embrace that. Yeah. Because you were an innocent kid. And I know that the pressure that you were under was not easy. I mean, I, I can, I always, you know, I want to go back when I picture that time when Snoopy died, our dog. Oh yeah. And I was crying and Chris was crying and you were like stoic. You had been stoic. We were little. I we was were only little. seven. I was only seven. You'd been stoic for a while at yeah. that point. And I, and I now with the lens I have now, I look back at that. And when I was little, I thought, Ronnie's so strong. Ronnie's, you know, I'm a baby. I'm a crybaby because I was always called the crybaby because um, I was younger and I cried more. I hadn't learned to, to cut stuff it off, it yet, stuff yeah. it yet. Yeah, stuff it all down yet. But when I, when I think of those moments, I want to I go back and just put my arms around you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, those are the things that I think of that when you say, I had it worse. Okay, it sucks to be the scapegoat. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. But it wasn't a piece of cake for the hero either. No, you know, no. It and wasn't. I, yeah, and I don't want to negate what you went through either. I know you never that. have. You never have. But yeah, it so. does really suck to be the scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree with that. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Anything else we want to say about? What we've learned. Oh my gosh. If you if you this. if you can be brave and reach out to your siblings that survived some of this stuff with you, I encourage you to take the risk to be vulnerable and try to talk to them because the rewards are immeasurable of rebuilding that relationship. Well, let's make that our next podcast. Let's talk about what you and I had to do to kind of break it down a little bit for people who might be afraid to reach out. Yeah. Some of the things that we did and some of the ways in which things blew up and didn't necessarily work well, too. (laughs) So you don't feel bad if it happens to you. (laughs) Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We're all imperfect human beings trying to figure it out, so it's going to happen. Right. But it's worth worth the risk. It's It's worth all... All the love right? that you pour into it. Absolutely. All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll be back. Next week. Next week. <laughs> In the meantime, we are wishing you so much love. Sending you so much light. And so very many blessings. Be well. Be well.